What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. In this episode, we are going to go over our sleepers. Now, what do we mean by sleepers? It seems like everybody has a different definition of what a sleeper is. What we're using for this episode is guys who are going relatively late that not too many people are hyped on. Otherwise, they'll be going earlier. So, you know, we're kind of using a general range of like after the 10th round, 11th round-ish, uh, and more so guys who are just like going like right at the end of drafts. Those are the kind of guys that we're focusing on for the most part. Um, but first, we're going to get into the rapid recap. Take it away, Zach. So Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett says that they're putting Albert Okawebenam, quote unquote, all over the place in their offense in relief of Tim Patrick following his season ending injury. What is Albert O's ceiling in this Broncos offense in 2022? Could a top 10 finish be on the way? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think, especially with the Tim Patrick injury, you know, what we talked about before, like last week when Tim Patrick got hurt, was that this is going to be a pretty top-heavy target distribution between Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Uh, but Albert O is right there as as that potential third option after those guys. Um, and I'm not really looking at Russell Wilson's, you know, prior usage of tight ends. I, I don't think that's necessarily like a sticky uh, metric to look at in terms of like who's going to get targeted. Um, right. I do look at the system. I do look at the words by the head coach. Uh, and I do look at the fact that Albert O is one of the most athletic tight ends in the league. They moved Noah Fant. Um, and now it's very possible that he's running a route on 100% or, you know, close to 100% um, of dropbacks. So those are the things that I'm looking at, right? And if a tight end is is running that many routes on an offense that's supposed to be pretty good and can potentially be a red zone target, yeah, he's somebody that we should be targeting as a late round tight end who can easily make his way into the top ten. And I wouldn't be surprised if it is if it does end up top six, top seven, top eight finish. Listen, if Dalton Schultz could do it, Albert O can do it. I see. So throwing shots at my boy Dalton Schultz. Anyway. I agree. <laughs> targets in the Broncos offense, they're definitely likely to be less distributed without Tim Patrick. Albert Okwebenom is a guy that I've kind of had pinned to take on that displaced workload since Tim Patrick went down. He's an athletic tight end. He's as athletic as you'll find, I think, in the NFL. But he's just been buried behind the depth chart, uh, behind Noah Fant during his time in Denver. This could very easily be a breakout situation for Albert O, especially with Russell Wilson throwing him the ball. I think this will be the best quarterback that he's had in his career so far. And um, he's one of my favorite late tight end targets. I took him in that one mock draft we did the other day. The other day. I, I think I took him a little high, but I was okay with reaching on him because the situation, I think, just got a lot better. Now, obviously, we don't want to you know, say that the situation got better because someone got hurt. But Tim Patrick goes down. It definitely opens up a lot of volume for Albert Okawebenam. Uh, it sounds like he'll almost be used as a replacement for Tim Patrick as opposed to just a traditional hand-in-the-dirt tight end. I think that they have designs to use him Maybe even I think we could see him out of the slot just because of how athletic he is. I could totally see that. I mean, KJ Hamler, you know, he's still, you know, he still has a brace on, right? He's not running at 100% right now. Obviously, he's somebody that could, you know, man the slot. He can man the flanker. Uh, but in terms of that tight end who could potentially, like you said, be on the field for every play, uh, even out of the slot. Listen, if his head coach is saying it, if he's going to be the play caller as well. Uh, I think it's definitely possible that that happens, uh, especially, you know, while KJ Hamler, you know, is returning to that 100% mark. So another report, Eno Benjamin seems to be catching the eye of a few people at Cardinals camp with head coach Cliff Kingsbury noting that he's been, quote unquote, really impressed with Benjamin so far. Could Eno Benjamin possibly step into a role like Chase Edmonds had in 2021? Or does that belong to Daryl Williams? 
And does this report change anything about the way that you view James Conner? I think I am less high on James Conner now than I was, and not because of this particular report, um, but just you know, just kind of looking at how these roles can shape up. Um, you know, I love James Conner in the third still. I think I'm still going to have James Conner in my top ten in terms of you know, uh, uh, running back rankings. Um, and I don't think that you know Benjamin is going to take Chase Edmonds' role last year because what Chase Edmonds' role last year was was he was Chase Edmonds was actually the one A in this backfield, you know, and James Conner was the one B and kind of that goal line guy who would play only on early downs. Um, but I do think that James Conner is going to be the one A in this offense. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, Benjamin could potentially play a role that play the role that Chase Edmonds was playing in 2020 when he was the one B, one B, one B to Kenyon Drake, right? Kenyon Drake was playing that early down role. Uh, and I think that's the role that, that, um, James Conner is going to play uh, this year. Now, there is a possibility that, you know, Benjamin is on the field for, for a two-minute offense, uh, you know, for uh, for the rest of the hurry-up, potential third longs, that sort of thing. That will hurt James Conner just a little bit, and I do think it's very possible that Benjamin plays that role. But Conner, I think, had like 39 targets last year, and I think 35 of them came on early downs. So, you know, James Conner is still going to be running a lot of routes on early downs, and in his catch percentage was the highest in the league among all running backs uh, with those type of target numbers. He was very efficient, you know, in the passing game as well. So I don't think that's going to go away. Uh, he was averaging five catches per game without Edmonds last year. So, you know, I, and by the way, like I know one of the major arguments, you know, against James Conner is that, hey, he's not going to score that many touchdowns again. And I totally get it. But the problem is that we cannot label him touchdown dependent just because he scored a lot of touchdowns. If he's caught you five, if he caught five passes a game, and, we, and we're going to expect something similar next year, by definition, he's not touchdown dependent because he's getting twenty plus touches a game, including five catches per game. So that 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 his floor uh, is high, um, and any touchdowns on top of that is just gravy, right? And he's going to score a bunch right. of touchdowns, right? Like Kenyon Drake. If you, if you guys remember, he scored a ton of touchdowns in 2020 also. Like, this offense, the running backs are going to score touchdowns. So, uh, I wouldn't assume that he won't. But, yeah, he, he might not hit 18. But, you know, he, he's going to be fine. Uh, but, yes, I do think that, you know, Benjamin can play a role here. I'm not worried about Dow Williams playing that third down role. Uh, I, I don't think he's, like, immensely talented. But I do think that Dow Williams, you know, can be very fantasy relevant. Um, if James Conner were to go down with an injury, potentially taking over that role, uh, you know, from him, and it's possible Benjamin also, if if they're very impressed with Benjamin too, Dale Williams might might not be that one for one handcuff that a lot of people, including myself, you know, potentially thought that he could be, you know, in later rounds. So I'm I, I'm kind of avoiding Dale Williams at this point. Right, I I agree with everything that you just said. I think that you know, just kind of piggybacking off of what you said with whether an injury would happen or not. If James Conner would go down, maybe it would be Daryl Williams. If Daryl Williams would go down, maybe Eno Benjamin would kind of fill in. You know, I would actually move him up a little bit. He might be worth um, taking a look at in a really serious pinch, bind, if you don't have anyone to throw in your flex. Um, that's just one thing. I mean, if we're talking about Eno Benjamin. as a, When we talk about Eno Benjamin versus, like, James Conner, will James Conner really be feeling any heat from Eno Benjamin getting any workload? I don't think so. I'm not terribly worried about this report at all. Uh, I'm sure James Conner haters will try to skew this to some way to uh, suggest that, you know, Benjamin's going to get a large enough workload to make Conner's ADP too rich. 
But at the end of the day, I think the Cardinals are happy having acquired Daryl Williams to back up James Conner. I don't think, you know, Benjamin's going to be much of a factor. Um, as we get closer to the season, I just advise not getting caught up in reports like this. Um, Conner's a clear number one, and I think he'll be utilized as such. I don't think that my views on James Conner are changing at all, unless something would happen, yeah. you know, much more drastic. Yep. All right, so the next report, we're going back into the Deshaun Watson well. Roger Goodell and the NFL are seeking a longer suspension for Deshaun Watson than the six games handed down already, making an already murky outlook for Watson even murkier. Given the uncertainty surrounding his potential punishment, would it make sense to just avoid Deshaun Watson altogether for 2022? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't drafting him anyway in redraft uh, just because of the fact that if he does get suspended, even for six games, if it goes back to that suspension, you're going to have to hold him on your bench for six weeks. So I wasn't doing that in the first place. He was already right. in a void for me. Uh, I think it really comes down to like guys like Amari Cooper and David Njoku, right? Like, How do you handle those guys, right? You know, you could potentially get Amari Cooper at a serious value right now. Um, mm -hmm. And at least with him, it's like he's going to play, right? It is possible that he is a top 24 wide receiver, even without Deshaun Watson, right? He's not going to have the same upside that he does. He's going to have his weeks. So, you know, it might be worth taking him, right? And then if Deshaun Watson ends up playing this year, you know, 12, 13 games, whatever it is, then you just got yourself a massive value in Amari Cooper, who could potentially be a top 15 wide receiver with Deshaun. Um, you could do that. I might not, just because a lot of the other wide receivers going around that range, that more short things, potentially have a similar... Uh, you know, profile in terms of upside to Amari Cooper. So I might not do that. But, you know, it really comes down to those guys, you know, rather than, you know, where does Deshaun Watson fall in my rankings or, or whether I, you know, pick him up this season to be my fantasy quarterback. Right. I think that I would also just consider avoiding Deshaun Watson altogether. Um, the legal fight doesn't really have any chance to be resolved in a timely manner. At least I don't think it looks like it does. And if you're drafting today, I, I wouldn't even think about drafting Deshaun Watson. Now, if you've already drafted and maybe you drafted Watson hoping that, you know, the six games would stay, I mean, maybe I would consider holding on to him until we know for sure what the suspension is going to look like. We're still a few weeks out from the season. You can hold him and you'll be okay. But um, on the off chance of that the suspension remains at six games, you'll have your QB1 locked up for when he comes back. Otherwise, you know, I'm just keeping my hands off of Deshaun Watson and I'm approaching drafts as if he isn't even on the board and as if it, there isn't even a chance that he plays. I think that's a better way to do it. And there are plenty of other quarterbacks that come with much less headache, even going in the range that he's going at with the suspension on the table. Like, I'd honestly take a shot, rather take a shot on Zach Wilson than um, Deshaun Watson at this point, just because we know Zach Wilson's going to play. So, yeah, right. I don't think it makes much sense to target him as things stand right now. Yeah, I love taking, I love having guys on my bench that have a chance of doing something in in any given particular week where their value just increase and they're on your team, right? Like nothing is going to happen to Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson does get suspended, let's say it's six games, nothing can happen mm -hmm. week two that will increase Deshaun Watson's value outside of him only having four games left in the suspension. Now, right. if Zach Wilson, you drafted Zach Wilson and he balls out week one, week two, everyone's like, oh, Zach Wilson just took a step forward. His value just went up immensely. And now you have him on your team already. Right, absolutely. And, and like you said, you know, you'd rather have a guy that has a chance to appreciate on your bench. Um, I like to have guys that just play. You know what I'm saying? That helps the most. That <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Yep. Just guys that are going to get on the field. All right. 100%. And then our, our last report coming out from our rapid recap. Mark Cabali of The Athletic reports that Najee Harris 
could see his workload lightened in 2022 relative to his 2021 workload, something along the lines of seven snaps per game less than last season. Is there any reason to be concerned by this potential cutback in workload for Harris, or is this something that you're okay with? That is a super specific number right there. Like, right. What, what was it? Seven snaps per game? They said, is that what it was? Uh, like? It was estimate like seven snaps per game. That's what the report said. But that's just an estimate. I mean, Interesting. it could be anything. So what is seven times 17? I'm just curious if they had a number. That's 119. So maybe 120. So maybe they were thinking like, all right, we'll reduce his snap count by 120 snaps this mm-hmm. year. And then divided it by 17 and then something like that. Maybe. I don't right. know. But that's just well, Najee Harris number. also did lead the he led the league running backs at least in snaps per game. Yeah. So as a rookie, so this right. could I think be a welcome change for him. But I don't yeah, know I think so. <laughs> I, listen, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you know you're going from like 95 percent of snaps to like 80 percent of snaps, 75 percent of snaps, e- even like even at 75 percent of snaps, the chances are that he's going to be top three in snap percentage. Mm-hmm. Still going to happen, right? Right. So you know Najee's going to be extremely safe. Now, I'll say this, though, okay? The floor for Najee Harris is not Najee Harris last year, okay? Um, The floor for Najee Harris is David Montgomery last year, okay? David Montgomery, similar type of role, okay? 70% of snaps, 75% of snaps, every down back, didn't have a huge ceiling, but was on the field for every play, bad offense, that is his floor right now. Okay, so just want to kind of that's that's the one of I the reasons fair, why yeah. I'm not targeting Najee Harris in the first round uh, because last year he had one of the highest workloads of all time, but you know still didn't finish like ridiculously high. Right? Um, yeah. He obviously you know was very consistent every single week, but you know as far as upside goes, if you're chasing that upside, Najee Harris wouldn't be the pick for me. Um, but in terms of this report right here. Like, yeah, sure. Like, if his snaps get reduced, you know, he's still going to be top three, top four, you know, top five maybe, you know, in snap percentage. Um, and I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all because, the, like, the delta between him and the next guy uh, on that roster is really, really high. <laughs> so, like, right. I, I don't think that it's going to be a big deal uh, for him to just miss a few snaps. Yeah, I, that's exactly my notes. That last point especially, like I said. Like, Benny Snell is so far from uh, Najee Harris's skill set. Like, we don't have yeah. to worry about anyone coming up the depth chart behind him and, you know, stealing any work. Um, I'm not concerned no. about Najee Harris having his workload cut back a bit. Um, he was relatively inefficient with the ball in his hands on the ground. I think it was the 74 receptions on 94 targets last year that really kept him afloat and propelled him to his RB3 finish last year. Um, like I said, he led all running backs in snap share and snaps per game. Um I think they're just going to be pulling him off the field really on downs where, you know, maybe he didn't need to be on the field last year and yeah. a passing right. down, like, you know, it'll register as a snap that he was on the field, but he didn't actually do anything besides, you know, pick up a block. Um, I think that's yeah. kind of where most of those touches and most of those snaps, not touches. Yeah. Most of those snaps are going to come from this year that they take him off the field. Um, I think his projection in my mind is exactly the same as it was even before this report. I'm not worried about it because he was used so much take a little bit off of that he's still you know so much he gets so much volume anyway um i'd be concerned if there's a guy like kareem hunt or tony pollard behind him but like i said there's not so i think even they get him off the field for those snaps you know it it might actually make him more efficient he might be a little bit better rested you know and i don't want to speculate on him getting more efficient but it it could be you know like we'll just have to see how how it goes 